Hi, everybody. My name is Brandon Martinez, and I'm back again with another episode of Transition Points. I'm here with Wilmington's social worker, uh, Kelsey Marana. How's it going, Kelsey? It's going very good. Thanks for having me. How's the weather at where you are? It's pretty nice today. I'm not going to lie. It's sunny and gearing up to be about 70 today. 70. That's awesome. It's going to be about 65 degrees here, so I'm thriving right now. Uh, Okay. (laughs) uh, The weather in Pennsylvania is so... uh, I don't want to say bipolar, that's not the correct word, but it's just so ever-changing. And so like one day it'll be like a high of 48 and really cloudy. And then the next day it'll be a high of 75 and really sunny. You never know what you're going to get. Oh, yes. I'm from New York originally, so I'm used to the crazy weather changes. (laughs) What part part of New York? Uh, So I grew up in upstate. I grew up in Syracuse. And then I was in Buffalo for about six years doing school. Where'd you go to school? I went to University at Buffalo, both for my undergrad and then my master's. Awesome. So that just leads us to the next point then. Uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so like Brandon said, I am the social worker here at the Project Transition Wilmington location. Uh, we're super excited. We just opened a few weeks ago. Awesome. Um, yeah. So we are kind of getting all the nitty gritty work done right now, getting ready for members to start approaching. But um, for me, I have my master's in social work. Like I said, I got that from the University at Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was there for about six years doing school, um, but grew up in Syracuse originally. I'm from a family of six. I got a wonderful mom and dad and three older brothers um, and quite a few people in my extended family and things who also work in the mental health field and kind of helped guide me professionally into this career. So, um, but yeah, other than that, I'm uh, 27 living in Wilmington. Uh, I have a lovely fiance back home um, and we are just loving it here so far. We've been here since June um, and just have really loved the community and of course the weather. Did you move to Wilmington for the job? Um, so I didn't, I actually, we were living in Nashville for almost two years prior. Um, and we were there for a little bit, um, because COVID kind of, of course, derailed some plans Mm -hmm. and things. Um, but we both were working out there and then he actually was offered a promotion through his company that, uh, and, you know, kind of forced the relocation. Um, but we were really excited about it. It seemed like great timing for a new opportunity and, Uh, As soon as we were here and settled, I kind of started seeking out a job and um, finding Project Transition just really felt like a really good fit. So when I was in uh, grad school, I actually took a social work elective, but uh, it was just not for me. And I I I can say it's the only class I ever withdrew from. Uh, It was just, uh, (laughs) I just wasn't thriving. It wasn't the best experience. And I was like, instead of uh, just wasting this money, you know, I just might as well just uh, switch to another class. But thankfully they let me do it. So I have a huge respect to all you social workers. Oh, thank you. And I know I understand I started as a nursing major. Um, yeah. At the time, so many people in my life were like, oh, the job security and the pay. And, you know, if you want to do psych stuff, that's a really good avenue to go down. And I think I was in like maybe my third anatomy lab and they handed me a physical human brain. And I was like, I don't think this is for me. They give you <laughs> a, a human brain? Help people. Yeah. So uh, I'm very interested in learning about the brain, not so much holding it in my hands. So yeah, no, thank you. I would have just dipped out right there and then. Exactly. Yeah. I think I changed my major within a week after that. So, yeah. but here uh, I am, it worked out. <laughs> so your, your undergrad's also in social work? Uh, my undergrad's in psychology. UB okay. actually didn't offer a social work undergrad, um, yeah. which is always a little bizarre to me. I think a lot of people would do it, but I did um, psychiatry for undergrad and then um, social work for grad school. So before I 
became a public relations under, I had some of my undergrads in public relations and my master's is in strategic communication. But before I became a public relations major, I uh, majored in psychology, but I took one uh, intro to psych class and I'm like, I, I can't do this. I, I was thinking entirely too much about myself and uh -huh. uh, I was like self-analyzing and like, this is not healthy. I can't, uh, oh, I yes. can't see myself doing this. Oh, yes. Uh, it certainly can lead to some of that. I know like family and friends have always joked with me, too, of like, are you just going to analyze me from now on? Or are you going to figure out all the crazy things that are wrong with our family or our friends? Um, so, yeah, that, that's always made me laugh. But, yeah, it's it's not for everybody. It's so you really have to have the interest in it, I think. So besides holding the human brain, like you're talking about, uh, mm -hmm. what is one of the main reasons why you chose to get into social work and uh, psychology? You mentioned that your family kind of helped you in that sense. Yeah. Um, so again, at the time, I had a lot of people pushing me in the direction of nursing because it just felt safe and like a secure position to have. Um, as soon as I realized I was a lot more interested in therapy and a lot more interested in um, people's own individual experiences and really being able to kind of dive into that uh, nitty gritty internal work versus like physical health care. Um, it was at that point that I started kind of seeking out jobs or seeking out positions that would help me start to get an idea of what I wanted that day to day to look like. And then I was also lucky enough to have some family members um, and things who are social workers and who work in the field. And they were really beneficial to me in being able to sit down and say, hey, what do you actually want to do on a day to day? What yeah. do you want your typical day to look like if you had to pick right now? And I said, oh, I would do therapy. I would sit in a room and do individual therapy or group therapy all day. Um, and it was actually a cousin of mine um, who's been in the field for, I think, you know, well over a decade at this point, um, who said, hey, if that's something that you want to do, look into social work because it's really broad. Um, you can work in so many different avenues. You can work in a private sector. You could work in a one-on-one -on -one situation. You could do community social work, um, different like community and county coalition work if you want to. Mm -hmm. It's so broad. Um, but he poised it in a way that, hey, if there ever comes a day where you don't want to do that really clinical one-on-one -on -one work, you're not stuck with a degree that only allows you to do that. You have a degree that allows you to kind of expand and go into different areas of the workforce. Um, and so it was like with his guidance and a few other families, members of mine, and then a few people that I worked under um, who were also social workers and, and gave me some really good advice during that time. Um, so yeah, I really, I credit it to having good people around me and people that uh, really love their careers and have been really successful. So I think it's so important that I'm glad you mentioned that you have good people around you because that's mm -hmm. so important. And not many people have that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, those, uh, those influences are so important. And I think during that time of your life, there's very few 18 year olds that could say, oh yeah, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to go spend all of my money on. Um, and hopefully decades from now, my goals and my dreams are still the same as they were when they were 18. Yeah. Um, and that's just unrealistic. I think that's an unrealistic expectation to put on ourselves and to put on kids that are graduating from high school, trying to navigate the world and figure out what they need to do. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I really credit having those family members and those friends in my life to be able to say, Hey, it sounds like this is what you're looking for. Um, maybe try this or try this and get as much experience as you can. And then if you feel the motivation to do it, do it. 
because um, that's what's going to tell you that you're in the right field and that you're doing the right thing, um, not just somebody telling you that you should do it because they think it's what you should do. Yeah, I always say that I took a four-year gap year after mm-hmm. high school, so I joined the military and I was there for four years, and uh, okay, because I didn't know what I wanted to do after uh, after sure. high school, and instead of like wasting my parents' money by going to a or pulling out a fat loan by going to like sure. community college or college, I was like, yeah. I'll just go to war instead, you know, yeah. uh, see this, see the sites, you know, uh, that's not how it really turned out, but, um, sure. uh, I really like became myself during that time. And then I truly found out what I wanted to do for, uh, for my time currently, you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. say for the rest of my life, because things always change, you know, you sure. don't want to like, hear a social worker today, who knows if you'll be a social worker in five, 10 years, you know, sure. <laughs> things change. Absolutely. Um, but no, I love that. I mean, thank you for your service. Stop, <laughs> first of all. Thanks for paying um, your taxes. <laughs> um, but no, I think, you know, that's so important. And that I think is a conversation that's missing so often is that, Hey, these are 18 year old kids. Um, and going to college is a huge expense. It's a huge responsibility. And so few people actually genuinely know what they want to do before they get there. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we have the conversation enough that, Hey, it's okay. If people need to like take a little time outside of school, if people don't want to go to college at all and want to pursue a trade school or, um, something like that, we're always going to need those positions. Um, we're always going to need folks who are handy and who are crafty versus, folks that just know how to read a textbook. Um, And so I think it's worth to have those conversations that teach you so much life experience and so much, um, you know, experience that you don't necessarily have when you jump right into college. Um, So I think it's important that people really take the time to consider if that's the right course for them or not, Um, because you always have time. You can go back to school anytime. Um, But that, that life experience during those formidable years, I think is so important. I'm a huge proponent of telling people to not go to college and to get a, a trade instead. Like, I mean, obviously if you want to go to college, go for it. But like instead, if you're more of like a hands-on kind of guy or gal, go uh, get your certification in welding. I don't know. And go join a job mm-hmm. that has a great union that pays great oh, yeah. money. You know, like oh, yeah. uh, you mentioned that we need support like that. And it's a hundred percent obvious that there's not enough of that right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, our generation, especially, I heard you mention student loans. I have plenty um, to go around as do many of the folks that I went to school with. Um, and that's just also another responsibility that they don't teach you about enough. They don't talk yeah. to you about it enough. Um, and even if they did at 18, there's only so much of it that you can absorb and that you can really understand at that yeah. point in your life. Um, so I think that's so important too, and really goes into the conversation of mental health is that it's so easy for people to get trapped in the, what I should be doing versus what I actually want to do, um, or what your heart and soul drives you to do. Um, and I think those are the folks that can end up with a lot of debt and with a lot of degrees that they don't use, um, or careers that they're not happy in. Um, and so I was just kind of committed at that age to thinking, you know what, I may not have it all figured out (laughs) what I want to do. Um, but I'm hopefully going to let my decisions be driven by the things that I think I really want and the people in my life that I really trust. And I can only imagine. So people that maybe not don't have like that extra issue of having severe mental health issues or behavioral health issues, they go through that uh, hard thought process and it's hard for them. I can only imagine what it's like for people that do have that extra diagnosis of maybe being bipolar or schizophrenia Mm -hmm. or um, uh, depressed, like how much harder it is for them. And maybe they're not getting that support that they do need. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's really one of the things that drove me to project transition because 
everybody at the end of the day has the same goals. We all want to be happy. We all want to be content. Um, we all want to build a life that we're proud of. And that doesn't change if you have a diagnosis. It doesn't change if you're on medication. Um, everybody deserves to be able to reach the points that they want to reach. Yeah. Um, and I love that Project Transition is so focused on hearing folks say, hey, what are your goals? What are your goals for today? What are your goals a year from now? Um, and how do we help you get there? You know, I think that's yeah. a resource that so many people lack growing up. Um, and you find folks like the folks that live in our community who feel like, you know, I'm in my thirties or forties or fifties, and I'm just starting to figure out, you know, the things that I want out of life and how to even seek out the supports to be able to get that. So, um, I think it's just so important that people really, you know, are in this field because they want to be, um, because it motivates them to kind of help folks navigate that mm -hmm. part of life, um, who may not have had a super supportive family or friends, um, or because of their diagnosis have run into so many roadblocks along the way. Um, so I think it's a really a unique company and a unique opportunity. And I think we're just super excited to get started down here. Absolutely. And I'm so excited for you guys to start to know you guys officially <laughs> open in like two weeks, right? Yeah. So we had our, um, kind of official ribbon cutting on the fourth. Um, yeah. so we have some people. I actually made the flyer in. for that. So oh, like, awesome. Thank you yeah, for your yeah. help. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate that. Um, yeah, it was, it was a huge success. It was so much fun. Um, the mayor came out, the county commissioner came out, um, and we got to see some folks from corporate and things as well. So it was uh, an amazing event. We were all really, really excited. And I know um, Stephanie's got some great folks coming in through yeah. admissions right now, going through the admissions process and getting those assessments done. So um, we're excited. Kind of yeah. only a matter of time now, but we're, we're all kind of itching to get going. Uh, you mentioned Stephanie. I just want to say she sucks so highly of you. Uh, oh, so, she's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, so she's a, a big proponent for having you on. So like, absolutely, why not? Um, uh, and so like the stuff that you guys did during the ribbon cutting and all that, like I, I'm in charge of all the social media. So like it was great uh, content. So I, I loved it. It looked like a blast. Uh, I was so so jealous that you guys were doing Oh yeah, that. she was such a blast and, and so integral in making sure that that event was a success. I mean, um, such a great turnout that we really didn't expect. And, yeah. um, you know, overall, just think we really came together as a team and, and worked hard to make that happen. So um, I'm so grateful for her and for all of the folks that work down here. It's, it's just been a blast so far. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, being in uh, Nashville during the uh, COVID. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I went, I grad, I was in grad school during this time during COVID. So I was stuck in my apartment uh, in uh, center city, Philadelphia, uh, where I was going, right. I went to Drexel university. So uh, mm -hmm. that's, we were all in like the university district, but uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of outdoor things for us to do there. Uh, Mm -hmm. not early on because like early on you know we were all confined but like once things started to loosen up uh we were able to go do more things there's a lot of parks there uh so mm -hmm. many eateries where you can just take it from outside and dine and not dine and dash it's not the correct word but, you know like dine out and like take it back home things like that mm -hmm. but uh my COVID experience uh especially early on wasn't this wasn't the happiest you know it was the first time I was ever like truly like confined on my own and Absolutely. so I went I went through a really really dark time there I mean my roommate uh, who I was uh I'm still he's like my best friend uh he was actually able to escape the city uh during the initial blast of COVID so he was at his parents house so he was able to have that interaction but I waited too long and then the riots were happening uh during that mm -hmm. time too the entire center city was just up in flames and we were sure. in on uh on a curfew at six o'clock curfew so things mm -hmm. were just not very 
not copacetic during my first time. So uh, I had to truly learn to deal with my emotions during that time because I didn't have anybody to go to. Yeah, I could call my parents, I could call my friends, but it wasn't the same as being there with somebody. Oh, yeah. So what was your experience like? Yeah, I mean, very similar. Nashville was an experience because my fiance and I moved there I believe in maybe July of 2019. And so we had a good few months in there before COVID kind of came and shut everything down. And um, I mean, Nashville is a blast. It's a huge melting pot of people, um, endless things to go out and do. Um, So much good music in the city, of course. So we loved it and we're having such a blast. And um, I found a job that I really loved. I was working at a nonprofit um, inpatient rehab facility for women. Um, so the vast majority of our staff were women as well. And uh, it just really kind of felt confident and had my feet planted. And then all of a sudden COVID kind of came and wiped us all out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was hard. I mean, same thing, certainly a with just kind of the lack of actual supports. Of course, we had phones and Zoom and, and all of those things, but I hear you when you say that it's just different. It yeah. just doesn't feel quite the same. Um, I'm very much a family-oriented person. It was a really big struggle for me to not be able to ever have opportunities to go home and see my parents or to see my brothers um, because you all just kind of realize how sick you could make each other. And mm-hmm. so holidays come along and things, and it's like, it's just not worth it. I'm not in a place where I can safely come home. Yeah. Um because I don't want it on my conscience if I get somebody sick. And so that was just kind of that push and pull for two years straight of just like, when's it worth it? And when's it not? And it ended up being, you know, a solid two years before I saw anybody. Um, And that was not something that I was used to. Um, So that was really difficult. And luckily we had some wonderful friends out in Nashville and things that we would try and go on, you know, social distance walks and all those kinds of things to try and like keep some of that sanity. Um, but it was hard. And then, you know, work became increasingly difficult as well um, because we were so short staffed with COVID and then so many clients were getting sick. And um, it really was just kind of a crash course in social work and in self-care and um, how those things intertwine when a global pandemic is going on. It's just something they don't teach you in school. Not at <laughs> um, all. Yeah, there's no real good way to prepare for it. So Um, it was nice to know that we weren't alone, but I was extremely grateful when it it led up a little bit to the point where we could safely see each other and, um, be able to, you know, get vaccinated and do all of the things that allowed us to be a little more safe. Um, cause it was, it was tough out there for a minute. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) I think it really hit home for me, uh, during the initial blast. Uh, so my, it was like Easter and, you know, it's like the first couple of weeks in and I, I couldn't go home for Easter. Like you said, you're very family oriented. I, mm-hmm. I'm very family oriented as well. I love family. I love being around people. I don't want to say I'm codependent because that's not the correct word to use, but I just, we love our families. Uh, we okay. love our, we love our families. <laughs> I love my friends. I consider my friends, my family too. But uh, I was like, my mom and my stepdad, uh, they were like, yeah, so can't come home for Easter. There's a, a global pandemic going on. I'm like, all right, perfect. And like, no big deal. Uh, and they're like, but it's okay. We'll bring you out uh, some, we'll bring you out like Easter dinner the day of. I'm like, perfect. And then so they bring it out. They call me. I'm, a, I'm in a walk-up. Like I'm in a, you know what a walk-up is, right? Like I'm a, Sure. Yeah. I'm, our Nashville was a walk-up too. <laughs> I'm in a third, I'm on the third floor and they're all right, come on out. We got you. They drove an hour and a half from the sticks where I live um, to go downstairs I go and pick it up and then it's just left outside the building. And then yeah. they're I'm like, where, where are you guys? And then they're inside their car 
waving like to waving. me. I'm like, what? Are you gonna even stick around? Like, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. And then so I walked back up to my apartment with my Easter dinner, and I sat there and I ate my Easter dinner alone watching New Girl on television. And that was like the most depressed I'd ever been in my entire life. It is. It's so hard. And I love New Girl. So I appreciate that you put New Girl on when, when yes. you're feeling like that. That I is my, too. that's my comfort show. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. it makes me laugh every time. So that's always an, an easy one, but no, I, I hear you. It's so tough. And especially around the holidays, like you're just used to being able to have family around and friends around and it was lonely. It was really hard. And, um, you know, you look around and you think like, oh, I should be lucky. I should be grateful that I have a job and that, you know, my family is healthy. Um, but it's hard. It's really hard to have that perspective. And, um, you know, we lost individuals in my family mm -hmm. and certainly saw friends go through the same thing where you can't, it's not as easy now to just go home and have a funeral. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't easy. Um, so no, I, I hold a lot of empathy for everyone that was working and really going through that time, especially if you, you know, didn't have supports right there. It was really, really hard. And I hope that we've come through a lot of the thick of it so far, but yeah, fingers um, crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I know that's also probably a pretty privileged perspective to have right yeah. now. Luckily, at least in our community, our numbers are okay right now. So, um, it was, it was a challenge. I'm hoping that we don't go through anything similar to that anytime soon. <laughs> Uh, so I'm just, I'm really glad that I'm not the only one that felt this way because not a lot of people talk about it. It was hard for everybody. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we get trapped so often in our society feeling like that hustle mentality of, yeah. like, well, you just got to keep going. You can't control it. You can't do anything about it. So you just got to keep going. And I think that's what I tried to do for so long in Nashville. And it just ended up burning me out. Um, because eventually it was impossible to not say, look at what's happened around me. Look at yeah. the people that we've lost or the people that are so sick. Um, look at our day-to-day -day life and how different it's become. And, you know, look at the folks that we work with who oftentimes are in much of a less privileged position mm -hmm. than we are and um, dealing with things like housing insecurity and food insecurity in the midst of a pandemic. Um, it creates a really impossible set of situations for folks. I just think it was a really, really difficult time. And that being kind of my first true real world experience in the field was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, what the heck did I get myself into? Um, or is this what social work is like all the time? And uh, some might say yes. Uh, I think others of us would say that, you know, it's crazy. There is no typical day to day, um, but COVID really, really disrupted any resemblance of a typical day to day. Yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned burnout because uh, mm -hmm. burnout is such a natural thing to happen, but mm -hmm. such a horrible feeling internally. It's a horrible feeling to know that you're oh, yeah. the one kind of doing it to yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, it took a long time to kind of gain the perspective that I'm the only one who truly has control over this. Yeah. Um, there's nothing really that your job can do or that um, your family can do or your friends can do uh, to truly ensure that you're doing the things and getting the things that you need. Um, because it's just a tall, tall task to ask from friends or family or from your workplace. Um, you really have to be okay. You can't pour from an empty cup is kind of my favorite quote around work, especially these days is that we all just have to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and that we're showing up every day, um, in a healthy enough physical and mental situation to be able to do our jobs. Um, and that was a really tall task during COVID. That was a hard thing to do. And 
Um, I think the more you talk about burnout and the more you normalize it, the easier it is for people to step forward and say, Hey, this is a week or a month where I really need some extra help Yeah. Um, because I've got X, Y, and Z going on. And I think something that our team has talked about so much in the last few weeks is that we just can't ask our members and the people that we're working with to do things that we're not willing to do. Um, so if we want them to come in and feel honest and feel like this is a safe place to talk about the things that they're struggling with, we also have to be able to do that. Mm. And we have to be honest when we've reached our limit. And I think that was probably my biggest takeaway from working those last two years in Nashville um, is that we're all just humans and we're all just doing what we can and we all have limits and we have to be able to acknowledge those and, um, and be okay with that. And I like that you said that burnout can sometimes feel like this huge, heavy, negative thing, or what's mm. wrong with me that I'm the one burning out. Um, and it's just not, you know, we've, we've talked so much here as a team that there's going to be days where you're at 20% and we have to pick up the 80. Um, and there's going to be days that it's the opposite and that you really have to pick up the 80 for other people. Um, and so that really, I think was the most beneficial thing that any job has taught me so far um, is just that you have to take care of yourself first. And if you're in a position where you can't do that, you have to ask for help. Absolutely. Um, so my big thing with burnout happened about two months in. So I was, so I was as a graduate student, I was teaching, like doing TA and stuff, and then I was assistant mm-hmm. teaching and stuff. And then, uh, so I was, I had a, a course load of four plus my already, I already had graduate classes I was taking. And mm-hmm. then, uh, my intern, so I was doing intern work too. So I was doing all this during COVID uh, yeah. and uh, I wasn't shut down. And I just, I, one day I was, I kind of like snapped and I didn't go to like any of my classes. I didn't do to any of my, t- I didn't do any teaching. I didn't send out any emails. And then my advisor, she gave me a call on my phone. She's like, hey, Brand, like what's going on? I was like, Florent, like I, I just can't do this. I'm not- I just can't today. I, yeah. I can't do this. And she's like, listen, you don't need it. I don't need explanation. Just put out a memo saying they're not, you're not going to be here for a week. If anybody asks, I got you. And I was like, yeah. wow. So this is what true support's like. Right. I know. It's it's so important to have that because um, I certainly have been the same. I've been in environments where you didn't have that. And I've been in environments where you did. And it is a stark difference. Um, I think so far the team here has been wonderful about all of that. We're all very much on the same page with that. Um, in my previous job, I was so lucky to have a supervisor that talked to us as humans Mm. every day and not just as a boss and, um, really went out of her way to check in with people and make sure that, um, everyone was okay and getting the help that they needed. Um, and did, you know, similar things with me. If there were times where you had to take time off, that was a position where they're like, take your PTO, take the time that you need, um, take your lunch breaks, do, you know, all of the things that you need to do in order to be able to keep coming the next day, um, in a place that's safe for you and in a safe that's productive for you. Um, cause you can't help anybody else when you're kind of out, uh, in that really negative headspace, it's impossible. Um, so yeah, it, it takes a lot, but I think having that leadership, especially the support from folks is makes the world of difference. Okay. Uh, I, that's why my boss is Ellen. Uh, she was, yeah. As, yeah. Uh, so she's in charge of the community marketing and outreach. So mm-hmm. that's what I do here. Um, but whenever I just go to the ask teller, like, do you mind if I take this PTO? She's like, uh, yeah, go ahead. And I'm like, do you, I, and I'll tell her the reasons like, no, it's your PTO. I don't need yeah. a reason. Just take it. And I've never had that before. You know, when I was yeah. in the army, I had to put in a uh, leave requests. Uh, sure. And like, and that's like, a, it'll be a whole approval process, but I never had like this whole, take your PTO when you went to go ahead and do it. We, I don't care. It's your time. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's really refreshing <laughs> um, because you certainly don't get that in every position. And I don't think any of us can do a good job in this field if we don't have that. Yeah. Um, I think it's so incredibly important. Everybody needs time off. Some people need a day and if it's a mental health day or you have appointments, you got to go to or you got to get your laundry done, like whatever it is. Um, I, I agree with her and I love Alan. She was such a yeah. big help while she was here, but, um, I can very much see her being that way of just, yeah. you know what, no, take your time. Like you got to do what you got to do. And it keeps all of us in a better headspace and keeps all of us healthier as a team. If we do that and support each other in doing that. So I love that. I love to hear that. <laughs> you mentioned mental health days and those are mm. so important. I feel yeah. like not enough people use them. What is your take on them? And do you think people can abuse mental health days? Cause that's uh, so, just for context. I just want to say yeah. that I had, uh, when I was an intern, I had, I entered at two places. I won't mention the one of them, but they said, yeah, mental health days just aren't a thing that we do here. And I'm, uh, mm. we find that people abuse them. I'm like, okay. Uh, so what are your thoughts? Yeah. So I get it. it I can see why people think it's a double-edged sword. I would think more often than not, if you're offering them and creating an environment where people aren't scared to use them and can be honest about the fact that, Hey, I just really need a day. So tomorrow I'm taking a day um, versus, you know, having employees have to make up reasons that they're sick or that they've got X, Y, and Z going on just because they desperately need a break. Um, I don't think people should be shamed for that. I don't think that that's something that uh, workplaces need to get so focused on. I think if if your employee needs a day um, to be able to do whatever it is that they need to do, I think everybody's self-care days kind of look different. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I'm, I'm just a rester. I need a day to be able to rest, um, to be able to relax without worrying about getting a million things checked off of my to-do list. I have every other day of my week to do that. Um, I'm not always the best at being able to stop and say, Mm -hmm. okay, my body's telling me I need to pause, um, and just need a day where I'm not answering emails or answering phone calls or, you know, doing that kind of stuff 24 seven, because it's just not feasible. It's not realistic. So, um, from my perspective, I think if you offer it to employees and you make it an open and honest conversation, it's going to be a lot less of a chance that people are going to abuse it. Um, versus if you have a very strict, Hey, you can only be sick and you can only take the time when you are on your deathbed. Um, it's just, that's going to lead people to lying and to abusing the system and, um, and eventually burning out. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what leads to employee turnover. That's what leads to people leaving jobs. I know they're kind of calling this period in time, the great resignation because so many people have lost their jobs after COVID. Um, And so I would hope, and I know um, Project Transition has certainly done that is is to really start to listen to their employees' mental health um, and make sure that they are having conversations about that and prioritizing that um, and making it okay for people to say, Hey, I really just need a mental health day. I need a day to be able to sit or go run or go hike or, um, you know, again, do whatever that day looks like for you. And I think if you give people the opportunity to do that for a day, they're going to come back refreshed. They're going to come back grateful that they had leadership that allowed them to do that. Um, and they're going to come back a lot more ready to work than if they feel like, Oh, I'm so exhausted and so burned out at this point that I now have to, you know, stay home for three days because I'm so sick and I'm so tired and, um, I'm so burned out. You know, that's not, I think it leads to more problems ultimately when companies have that perspective and that approach. So, um, so no, I think people, you got to take your mental health days. 
do it. That's what they're there for. Um, and if your company doesn't offer it, you know, be the person that introduces that conversation. I think it's worth it. Um, and, and certainly makes a big difference for employees having to show up every day during such insane times. Yeah. And I think that's, what's so great about project transition, not to keep plugging it, but it is our, but like we are a mental health and recovery organization. So mm-hmm. that understanding is going to be there from the get go, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and if we're not a hundred percent, the people that we're helping our members, they're not going to be hundred percent either. They need mm-hmm. the very best. If they're expecting the very best out of us, we need to be the very best to give to them oh yeah yeah oh yeah and I say it all the time they'll see right through it you know if you show up and you are not doing well they're gonna know um because they're humans they're adults with emotions and feelings just like we are and um we owe it to them to bring our best to the table and I like to make the distinction that that doesn't mean you have to be at 100 all the time it means you have to be able to admit when you're not Um, and that is a learned skill, something that you learn as you grow through the field. It's certainly something I'm much better at now than I was two years ago. Um, and so I just, I think that company culture and and having an environment where people feel safe enough to do that, um, is so beneficial and is only going to help to serve the members that we work with, um, that they're getting the best out of us each day. In the military, they used, my sergeant used to say, proper planning prevents poor performance. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so if, there's a word there that goes in between, but I'm not going to say. Um, I hear you. <laughs> um, but like the, taking the days for yourself and for to being 100% mentally is part of the planning process. And oh, yeah. not enough of that, not enough uh, goes into that. No, I, I agree with you. I think you have to be really intentional about those days and intentional about what you're going to do with your time. I mean, I've certainly heard people say like, oh, I really want to take a day tomorrow, but it's because I have five things that I need to get done. And I just know that all I'm going to want to do is lay in bed. And I'm like, listen, yes, sometimes we have to get things done that we don't want to get done. Sometimes we have to check things off the to-do list. Any time that you can find to just truly rest and listen to your body and listen to what it needs you to do, um, I think is beneficial and isn't something people should feel guilty about. Like we are all only human. We've all been stretched very thin these last two years. Um, And so I think we're in a unique position now where we're starting to have some of the hindsight from COVID and realizing some of the holes that were in place that we weren't prepared for coming into a pandemic Mm -hmm. um, where people probably didn't have great time off policies. They probably didn't have, you know, may have used all their days by the time COVID hit or whatever the situation was. And now suddenly you've got staff that are burning out faster than you can even keep up with. Um, So yeah, I I think it's such an important topic. And uh, I don't think folks in workplaces should discourage conversations about it. I think it only helps us. And being a mental health organization, we're we're lucky that we've got folks in here that are comfortable doing that um, and are prepared to do that because our members need it too. For sure. So you mentioned uh, that on your days off or the days where you want to disconnect, you just kind of do nothing, right? What is your like perfect uh, day to yourself? Like, what what is that like? Oh yeah, um, so I'm a big big brunch gal. I would love, uh, love uh, get some brunch, get you know a good bagel sandwich, whatever that is. Uh, yes. Um, my fiance live uh, and I live down on the river in Wilmington, so we'll mm. like take a walk in the morning to the bagel shop. We'll get some bagels, you know, um, spend some time outside if it's nice out. Is always nice. Um, other than that, like I am a diehard new girl and Gilmore girl fan. That's, those are kind of the two shows that I go go back to constantly. Um, I'll spend some time watching those for sure. Um, I'm a big bubble bath gal as well. My 
I can hear my fiance laughing as I tell you this. Um, listen, uh, listen, I just want to say really quick. I just got my first bath bomb the other day. Uh, <laughs> so, it's going to change your life. <laughs> and it, I used it on Saturday. Um, I was talking to my friend and she's like, Brandon, because uh, she's the one that gave it to me. And she's like, Brandon, uh-huh. I'm, I'm telling you, you need to just like light some candles, turn on some music and use this <laughs> bath bomb. And I promise it's going to change your life. And so I, I was FaceTiming her while I was in the time. I'm like, listen, you weren't wrong. Like, this you is wrong. No, no, I love I love me a bath bomb and I'm gonna buy way so many more. No, it's a it's so I mean I always I take issue with people saying, oh, like just take a bubble bath. That's perfect self-care. And I know that's a little cheesy, but um I don't know. It's always a really good excuse for me, A, to turn off my phone. Um yes. so I think that helps me too to just like truly be able to zone out. Um, because I think it's easy to still hear your email going off and things like that and want to check it. Um, so it always gives me the opportunity to do that. Um, but other than that, I just, am somebody that throughout my life always had trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. And so it just helps even out my sleep too. So, um, I'm a big fan of that. And yeah, just on, on those rest days, I think just listening to your body and what it really needs, mm-hmm. if it wants to go out and go on a run or, um, you know, go on a hike or do those things, it's going to tell you that. And if it wants you to lay in bed and watch your favorite show and call your friends and just take a day to reconnect, that's what it's going to tell you too. Um, so I think it's just kind of listening to those cues and what that looks like, but typically for me, it means good weather, good food, good rest. Um, and just being able to reconnect with people that maybe I didn't get to talk to throughout the week or just got too busy to be able to call or FaceTime. And, um, yeah, I think just taking those days to reconnect with yourself is so important. Um, and allows us to do our job so much better. And again, I can't come in and tell members that they have to practice self-care and do the things they need to do to take care of themselves if I'm not willing to do those things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my ideal day, but what's your ideal day look like? So if I'm taking like a self-care day from work, I'm not going to tell any of my friends that I'm doing it because I call self-care self-love. So I want to just to be one with myself. Uh, right. That sounds kind of cringe sometimes, but uh, you know, no, not you, at all. You need to de-escalate from all the external noise, and I want to consider yeah. I consider external noise just anybody that's not you. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Um. So, uh, and I'll wake up early. I'll start reading. I love reading. Reading's my mm-hmm. thing. Uh, and I'll start reading, and then I'll probably get some like bagel with locks from the local bit from the. Oh yeah, you're speaking my language, Brandon. Bagel with luck. I love it. Um, and I'm in recovery, so I don't, I can't uh, enjoy a mimosa, but I will, I will have some orange juice to go with it. Uh, and then I'll probably, and then from there, I will most likely go to like a record store. I love, I love vinyl. I love used books. Um, I'll walk around the town, just doing stuff with myself. And then I'll end the night. This is going to sound so, so sappy, but I'll end the night with reservations to a restaurant on my, with just by myself. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> you got to really, take yourself on a date sometimes. Yeah. And like, I'll bring a book there or, and then you get to, I love people watching. So like, I'll oh, just, yeah. I'll people watch there. Um, when I was living in the city, I used to go to uh, the the river there as well. And uh, the river walk. Um, and then I just like would read for there for four or five hours at a time uh, yeah. on my self-care day. So I love it. Um, yeah. I think, I feel like more people need to own up to being able to go do things alone like I love yeah. going to I love going to music shows alone like concerts mm-hmm. and stuff you get to meet great people uh, I love going to restaurants alone too um yeah. it's just it shows like you have confidence you know like you love yourself enough to just go do thinking something on your own 
Oh yeah. I know it, it, it like took me a while to realize that it's nice to like take yourself out for lunch or go yeah. do that or um like going to see a movie alone. I probably uh, got that from my mom, but like yes. we love doing that. Yeah, it's just it's nice. It's time to just like you where you don't have to be entertaining someone with conversation yes. and um, and I like that you said that you really enjoy kind of a quiet day. Um, mm-hmm. I certainly am, am the same. I think we're both in jobs where we have to talk to people all day long. Constantly, we have yeah. to engage with people all day long. Um, and that's a great part about the job, but it's also an exhausting part of the job some days. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I totally agree with you having time where it's just truly focused on me and what do I want to do that day um, is so nice and such like a freeing experience and one that we don't really get as adults all that often. So, um, so no, I totally agree with you and really encourage people uh, to do the same. It's the best, like go hit the restaurant that your friends don't like, or go see the movie that nobody else wants to go see with you exactly. or whatever it is. And um, it's just, it's great. It's a little treat yourself day. So you can't love anybody else until you fully love yourself. exactly uh, right yeah yeah. (laughs) all right guys so thank you so much for listening this time around uh this was really fun to do with you kelsey i really appreciate you being on Thank you. Yeah, this is so much fun, Brandon. I love that we're doing this. Um, I just, I hope for everybody listening out there that you're taking care of yourselves this week. Um, you know, spend some time doing the things that bring you joy. Don't pour from an empty cup um, and just kind of keep going. The only way out is through. So take care of yourself and uh, send in love to all the fellow social workers out there. All the love. Well, thank you, Kelsey, so much. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys again next time. Thank you so much. Bye.